Nearly ten years since he picked up a sword in battle. Ten years? He supposed he was fit enough for a man whose limbs had forgotten how to balance a blade. Fit enough to recover the jewellery of vain women and protect the households of undeserving men. He sneezed again and snuffled. He should be the one at Lancaster's side in Spain. It would have been him if only... No. No sense going down that deadly path in his thoughts. There was enough to worry over now. All of London feared the imminent threat of a French invasion, and there was no lack of soldiers on the streets trying to keep order. Four months ago, the King had declared that all London's citizens were to stockpile a three-month supply of food, and prices had risen, fostering panic. King Richard and his minions were little better than street vendors when it came to controlling the populace. And where was Lancaster when you needed him? In Spain, of all the foolish enterprises. Mustering all the chivalry of England to invade Spain while France watched and calculated, awaiting the moment to strike. How much more ransom did Lancaster need? How many more titles? For the first time Crispin grumbled at his former mentor, perhaps begrudging too much the man's endless ambitions. Disgusted, Crispin turned away from the placid Thames, determined to hurry home, and ran right into the watch for his trouble. The three men were just as surprised to come across Crispin as he was to find himself face to face with them. The first man held aloft a burning cage of coals hanging from a staff. He stepped forward, showering light and embers on all their faces. The evening bell has been rung, he said. He was young, face barely flecked with traces of a blond beard. What are you doing abroad? I... Hearken said his dark-haired companion, a polax resting upon his shoulder. Don't you know who this is? Crispin waited, tensing. Three against one, and they were far better armed. He was damned if he was going to give up any of his hard-earned coins for fines or bribes. This here's the tracker, he spit the word. Heard of him? He's the man the sheriffs are always nattering on about. Lazily he switched the poleaxe to the other shoulder. He's a man who finds things, even finds criminals, they say, brings them to the hangman. The others looked at Crispin anew, eyes bright under their kettle helms. Crispin realized they were all quite young, perhaps only as old as the king, but it wasn't admiration in their gaze. So, said the one with the poleaxe, His grip tightened over the staff, and he set the butt of it into the mud. "'Tracking tonight, are we?' "'Aye,' said the one with the light. "'What poor innocent have you swindled good coin from?' "'I assure you,' Crispin answered with gritted teeth, "'that they were no innocents, and I do not swindle. "'I earn my coin with hard work, not by harrying men on the streets.' The one with the poleaxe frowned. Harrying you? Are we harrying him, lads? The one with the cresset grinned. The flames from the burning cage made his teeth gleam. Not yet we haven't. He's definitely breaking the law, said the other. All good citizens know well enough to be indoors after the bell and in such a time as this. The third man, silent till now, drew his sword and pointed it in Crispin's direction. That's true enough. Crispin's hand inched toward his dagger.
Is this how London's watch conducts itself, like ruffians? I think he's up to no good, said the torchbearer, and I further think he needs to be taught a lesson for his sharp tongue. The poleaxe lowered toward him. Crispin grabbed it and swung both man and axe into the torchbearer. He tumbled to the ground on all fours, gasping for breath. The flaming cresset rolled into a puddle and extinguished with a hissing cloud of smoke. The long-haired swordsman made his move. Crispin swung toward him, hands closing over the blade as if it were a quarterstaff. As the surprised man tried to pull away, Crispin leaned back with all his weight and curled into a roll. The swordsman was vaulted into the air as Crispin braced his feet against the man's chest and tossed him, sword and all, over his head. The guard landed behind him with a hard crunch and a groan. The tor-